potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. Look, I'm going to uh, shirt front, Mr. Brassmonkey. And we're back. Welcome back to the Brass Monkey Podcast, the podcast voted most likely to make Scotty from marketing sweat like the pig he is. Mr. Mark Reed, my co-host of the most dose dosed. How are you today, mate? Sozwa, fantastic. As usual, on fire, ready to go. So happy to be here with you today and just loving life, mate, um, in this crazy world. Look, it's the way to be. It's the only thing we can do. We've got to love this life no matter what it throws at us. Obviously been a crazy few weeks as always between Ooh. pods for us. Lots happening. We've got a big show today for everyone. Mate, uh, where should we start? It's sort of, it's got, I'm a bit cloudy. Just this whole COVID isolation thing has got me pretty cloudy at the moment. So I don't even know where to start. But um, let me start maybe by checking in with you in our Queensland headquarters. Um, give us a brief overview and an update on what's happening in QLD. QLD, we're an island. So in Queensland, we're basically an island. We've shut ourselves off from the world, the entire world. Um, You've as, been digging a moat around there since I've been back, have you? A moat yeah, around the whole state. Yeah, we've basically state. got a moat of hate around yeah. us, sort of shooting <laughs> yeah, out at all of the other states, which is pretty standard for Queensland. Yeah. Um, but uh, look... Standard COVID shit. Uh, we live in, on the border, as um, as a lot of listeners probably do as uh, as well. And um, you know, two hour trips to school because my kids go to school in New South Wales, and uh, just living the COVID nightmare a little bit. To be honest, as positive I as I am about the whole thing, I run a small business myself. You know, a business myself like you do, and COVID is really taking its toll and I know we're not talking about health I'm just talking about business right now and you know how it's impacting me selfishly uh, I'm getting pretty tired of this shit I would argue that that's actually how most people are thinking just and I think it's a human reaction to think like that you know how's it you can only really think in your own context you but, can um, you can and when you've got a you know when you've got yourself you got to put food in the in your mouth and you know get around and pay staff or pay bills and whatever else uh it's hard not to think outside of that that boundary but look you're in the 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 world sort of the world test kit i feel which is Victoria. Yeah. It's on the the news. It's everyone's talking about it. What's happening in Victoria? The draconian laws that they're putting in place, the arrests, uh, mate. What on earth is going on? It's hard to tell. And I just I'll let the listeners know we're going to definitely we're going to get into this COVID stuff now. But we've got some other stuff coming later in the show too. We've got um a, a segment on a an Australian sporting icon that we think is perhaps uh, showing a facade of himself um, that is opposed to what he's trying to get done or that's very cryptic, but we've just got some other things coming later in the show. So, but getting back to COVID, Melbourne situation, it's, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's becoming, yeah, massively depressing and, and the uh, lack of, cohesion with the messaging and with people's interpretation of what's happening and this whole Melbourne verse or like this whole Victoria verse the federal government thing is really getting everyone down here 
Um, mate, yeah, it's been, I've been doing a lot of thinking recently. Um, and I feel like, cause we've spoken a, about it a lot on the pod and a lot of it for us is trying to come to terms with our own ideas of what's going on or like trying to talk through and come to a some sort of a conclusion about what's happening and I've really struggled with that for the past few weeks but I feel like recently in the sort of last week or so there's been some there's been some people out there um, finally talking in a way in a manner and about things that resonate with how what I sort of think's going on with with the whole situation right now um, now it's diametrically opposed to the other side of course but that seems to be the the state we're living in right now that people just have to be one side or the other but um I've actually stumbled across a clip mr. mark um, that more or less sort of puts puts it in perspective sort of how I feel um, right now regarding COVID. It's a, it's a clip from New Zealand, but the, the doctor speaking in it, Dr. Thornley, who's a renowned... I've forgotten the word. It's the word where they study this shit. Epidemiologist? Yes, epidemiologist. There from you go. the Auckland University. That's right. Um, this is him on a New Zealand talk show with what I can only describe as a prick of a TV anchor host. Standard, um, standard, standard, standard fuck with. Standard. Um, and so let's throw to the clip now just to get a bit, sort of summarises how I'm thinking. Here we go. Despite the comparative success of New Zealand's elimination strategy, there continue to be calls for changes to our approach. A group of academics behind Plan B, as they call it, still think it's unlikely we can keep the virus out. They argue the economic damage from more lockdowns will cause long-term harm to public health, education and the economy. And they say there needs to be a continuing public conversation about our options. Because a vaccine may be years away if we get one at all. I'm joined now by epidemiologist Dr Simon Thornley. Kia ora, welcome to Q&A. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed following the coverage of uh, COVID. I think it's been great. Oh, thank you. And I'm glad we can speak with you this morning. We have a lot more data now than we did in the early stages of the response to COVID-19. Of course, New Zealand clocked more than 100 days without community transmission. Do you still think we need to learn to live with COVID-19? I want to take a moment to clarify the position of the Plan B group because it underpins everything I'm going to say. COVID-19 is a nasty flu-like virus. It's new, but it's not unique. The Oanidas study shows the death rate is only very marginally worse than the standard flu viruses that kill hundreds of sick and elderly New Zealanders every year. The response should be a measured one, like we've planned for lower mortality pandemics, not lockdowns. We've sacrificed our humanity, our society, and our economy for the wrong virus. The fear and panic that has driven the response of many scientists, politicians, policy makers, and the media, we believe, is unwarranted and it's even irrational. Okay, I didn't know you were going to read that, but perhaps you can unpack some of those ideas a little more for us. What, in your eyes, would a more measured response look like? Well, when the government first came out and said we, the priority should be to uh, protect the hospitals and the intensive care units, I was all behind that. And I think that's where the priority should be. We've seen overseas that that's where the problems mm. have occurred with COVID-19. So we believe now that our current policy is many, many more times 
um, more uh, problematic than the actual virus itself. We believe that early on the virus looked very deadly. The infection fatality rates, the case fatality rates were very high, about mm. 3%, much greater than seasonal influenza. Now with serology data coming from many countries in the world, we're seeing those infection fatality rates dialed way back. So what would it look like? What would an alternative response look like? Well, we need to do uh, good infection control in hospitals and protect the elderly, arrest homes, and we need to do good social distancing mm. uh, in terms of f uh, and, and following uh, the capacity in our school, uh, our hospitals and intensive care units. We know that our capacity, compared to other countries though, is very poor in those intensive care units and that we would be overwhelmed very quickly if there were to be a larger scale outbreak. We know now that New Zealand has a very good mm. ability to modify the capacity in its hospitals and intensive care units. But how much Even would we have to scale up? Well, we've, even at the height of this epidemic, mm. there was the ICUs were comparatively empty. Our hospitals were But that's were because the lockdown 50%. worked. That's because the lockdown worked though, isn't it? Well, the science now shows if you compare countries that did lockdown with those that didn't, the countries that did lockdown didn't do especially better in terms of overall COVID I mean, cases and deaths. New Zealand's led the world. We had perhaps the toughest lockdown restrictions of any country and New Zealand has led the world. That's, what it, that's certainly what it looks like, but if you look at the scientific studies that have been done, there's one in the Lancet, mm. uh, there's been the Mernier study which has looked at the within country time trends, we've seen that the data, the science, simply doesn't support ongoing lockdowns to control but, the but, virus. But, but back to our success early on in this, in this response. I mean, clearly New Zealand had much tougher restrictions than, than many other countries. We've had lower rates of COVID-19 as a, as, a um, as a per capita measure. We've had relatively low death rates compared to most countries on Earth. Indeed, I mean, Forbes magazine, I think, yesterday called us the second safest place to be in the world. We've seen economists such as Joseph Stiglitz saying New Zealand has been world class in its response. New Zealand's response was appropriate for mm. a more severe virus, one that we thought that we had when we had the early data, but we haven't adjusted for the science, which clearly now shows that this virus is not as serious as we first mm. thought. You said that yourself, Jack, back in March. You said we need to be fearful of the virus, but not too fearful because it's not that much worse than the flu. I didn't say that. I, I would certainly not have made any sort of comment like that comparing it with the flu because I don't personally know, I'm not an epidemiologist. I do appreciate the need for balance in a response though and I accept that there is a school of thought, there is an argument that by locking down we cause a degree of economic damage that in the long run will prove to be more damaging than short term lockdowns. I accept that that is the position of your group for example. What about our more vulnerable populations? You look at the, the report in the medical journal on Friday that indicates Māori are significantly more at risk of COVID-19 complications and death than non-Māori in New Zealand. As treaty partners, how should we handle that information? 
We obviously need to do the best we can do as a society to protect our vulnerable, and that includes Māori and Pacific New Zealanders. Mm. But we know overall that this virus is not the deadly virus that we feared now. We've seen the updated data. The Ioannidis paper clearly shows that the infection fatality from this virus is mm. about two in a thousand. Two, you know, we've had two people die in the last 48 hours in New Zealand. Deaths in the United States are fast approaching 200,000. So clearly, in particular for people with pre-existing conditions or who are particularly vulnerable, this is a deadly virus. What would you do to protect the quarter of our population who are particularly at risk? Well, we need to use the principles of infection control and what we've used to control the yeah. infection uh, of other viruses with a similar mm. mortality rate. And that doesn't involve locking down the country, locking down vast swathes of our population who are at very low risk from the virus. I, I know a lot of comparisons have been drawn with Sweden, but knowing what we now know about this virus, is there a country or a place you think New Zealand should be emulating at this point in the response? Well, I think the long-term response is important here, a sustainable response that our country can uh, continue with mm. over a long period of time. Mm. and. With this virus, elimination is just simply not warranted, given what we now understand from the science so, 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 and the infection fatality. So is there a better, is there another, is there a country you can use as an example for New Zealand? Well, I, I think Iceland is a particularly good example. So they've done widespread testing, but they are, they've readjusted mm. the risk of the virus. They're starting to open up their borders, mm. they're allowing tourism, they're not locking down. Uh, so I think there's, if you look to Europe now, you see that many countries are adjusting their risk to the virus. Spain had 50,000 cases last week. Well, you look at the epidemic curves and you'll see that the death rates have come right down now. Mm. And if you look at the deaths overall, you'll see that the deaths in each country uh, in age groups that are about the same as what we expect mm. for natural mortality. Let, let me ask this. You know, observing this debate from the outside, it's looked nasty. A, a, a lot of this debate has, has verged on um, being, quite a personal, being quite a personal debate, at least from the outside. Do you personally, you are, you are an epidemiologist, have you personally published work on communicable diseases? Yes, I certainly have. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I've considered your I've considered your published works, and and, and a, a large proportion of those, at least, focus on things such as tobacco use and alcohol use and that sort of thing, as opposed to something that might be more directly relevant to a pandemic. I've been working in public health on the measles outbreak. I've been doing models of infectious diseases. So mm. uh, if I can't speak out on this issue, I'm not sure who can, Jack. Yeah. Do you, feel like it, do you feel like it's been personal? Uh, I think one thing that has shocked mm. me uh, about the debate is the lack of debate. That science, we know, is about diversity of opinion. And I believe that 
the government has been captured by scientists who have extreme views. If you look around the world, mm. there are very few countries that are chasing an elimination strategy for this virus. But there are very few countries where that might be a possibility. Thank you very much for your time, Dr. Simon Thorne. It is an important conversation. And there we have it. Um, you have a lot of trouble finding that clip on the internet, which might speak to what's happening here. But that doctor, for me, Dr. Thornley, has really put in perspective what I think is going on here. Um, it's an overreaction. It's a mass hysteria event based on basically a virus that's that's close to the common cold sort of a thing. I don't know. How did you sort of see interpret that uh, clip there, mate? So, Stiles, let me start off by saying I feel like you've uh, articulated how you've been feeling over the past couple of months really well in that little bit because I feel like you haven't been uh, really keen to jump to any mass hysteria where maybe I have at times and uh, I feel like you're diving in now a little bit more to, you know, obviously... What I've you needed think. it to simmer in me, yeah, yeah to simmer, is, to coalesce. Yeah. That's what sensible people do. <laughs> so, um, so about that clip, I think it was a great clip by uh, Dr. Thornley uh, from the uh, University of Auckland and clearly uh, that host for some reason thought he could, you know, really question his motives and whatever else. I think what he did was compartmentalize the whole virus a bit better than what anyone else is doing. So yeah. putting the the issues with healthcare workers and, and that, that brings us back to like, you know, making sure that the healthcare workers are safe and when they're doing, you know, looking after people and it gets into that environment that they're safe and they can treat people safely, looking after the elderly, looking after the people at risk, rather than locking down our entire economy and changing mm. the way we completely live and the problem is right now in australia you're getting people arrested for even having this conversation and it's yeah that's it's, scary as fuck it's scary as fuck and i mean we we all saw those arrests in melbourne where uh the pregnant uh lady obviously got arrested uh for you know running that facebook page that promotes the protest as you anyone that listens to the brass monkey pro podcast we are all for protesting no matter what we are all for it. Um, we feel like that's one of our rights and we always talk about how important that is part of life. And uh, and then the second video that ran a couple of days after was another guy that um, uh, was just got, basically got his door barged down um, for posting sort of comments uh, and um, pushing the protest once again. Um, and got fully, you know, 10, five, 10 officers just ramming into his house. So we are in a police state right now and it is really concerning. And yeah, that's, that's sort of it's where scary. I, and it is good to have a bit of clarity from a doctor, but mate, we, we, from day one, when we started talking about Corona, we've been having doctors and you know uh, professionals who other than obviously bill gates who thinks he's a leading professional in this field um talk about the alternative yeah, yeah exactly have you seen that <laughs> beck judd actually on, on beck judd she's turned she wants oh, everything really? open back up yeah she's turned oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, we've, we've had doctors like this come out, but we, this is another great thing where this is, so the University of Auckland, he's a doctor of the, uh, epidemiologist of the University of Auckland, the clip, you can't find it on YouTube. Um, it's not like, it's extremely hard to find your search for it. 
why is this hard to find? And mm. we're just being fucked. We're being royally fucked and tested on. Um, I'm really, yeah. really, really concerned with how Australia is handling this because I don't think we're out of the woods. I think we've got the third wave, the fourth wave, the fifth wave just pouring down over the next uh, couple of years. So, Follow. Yeah, it's fucking... For me, it's... And this is... Yeah, this, this new sort of found clarity is still shrouded in some, some bloody fog because... Um, of course. I've found, for me, one of the things that I've struggled with, two things here, and this is an interesting thing. When I'm speaking to people about this, I have to speak, I have to preface the discussion with, okay, if we believe everything that they're telling us as opposed to what I actually think, like what I actually think is completely separate yes. um, from the conversation right now. So it's interesting with this, the new measures announced by Dan, Dan, and Dan Andrews. Um, for me, like for people that don't know, it's an, basically an extension of the lockdown and a bit of a plan to get out of it that looks like it might take a little while. Um, it, I, have to, I had to preface everything I spoke about with people like, okay, if what we're being told by the chief medical experts in Victoria is true then what Dan Andrews has suggested makes perfect sense to me. The it's, problem is I just don't believe the chief medical experts. But it then begs the question. Like, yeah, it's sorry. sort of like if um, Osama bin Laden blew up the World Trade Center, you'd probably agree to go and try to find him. Yeah. <laughs> In a weird way. Do you what know do what mean? I mean? So like people went to war and it's the same with this. Like we went to war on the assumption Oh, yeah, if that you believe was, the narrative, if then, you believe yeah, the narrative, sure. Like we all, you know, if we believe the narrative, well, this is the most deadly virus and it catches everyone and, you know, it's extremely concerning and scary. Yeah, and so that's exactly right. And so in which case then the, what he announced makes perfect sense for, to me. Mm. And the part that I get confused about is then because then you get Scotty from marketing coming out undermining <laughs> – what our plan is here in Victoria. And I just don't know what he expects. Like, does he expect Dan Andrews to go against the advice of the chief medical officer in Victoria based on him not being a doctor? Um, for what reason, I'm not sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, what what is the purpose of, other than politicising um, this whole thing for a fucking liberal political point, what is the point of undermining the, you know, the Victorian government here? And... Well, yeah, just, yeah I, I agree with what you're saying and I get what you're saying. But I think. Uh, but, but my uh, point, further to that, um, what needs to happen if that's, if you feel so strongly about it, then Scotty from marketing, where's your fucking alternative plan that you're going to stand behind and uh, take, cop the flack if it doesn't go right? He won't do that because he's a f- sack of shit pussy. So, <laughs> so the alternate. I sent you a text the other day and I don't know really how you felt about it, but like I said, we've really got a few options. It's lockdown and go off what we believe or no lockdown and let the people that start allegedly dying and people at risk There's stay There's a third away. option though, yeah. The third um, option would be to just quarantine the people that have been affected, like the elderly and the sick and vulnerable. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So we we do have options um other than what the uh other than what the 
the current option is of locking everyone down, putting people on curfews and just sending people crazy. Um, People are going crazy at the moment. Mate, the amount of people, (sighs) friends I've spoken to that have, that this has hit them in ways I never thought possible is quite scary. It is. And it's, it's just sad. It's very sad. And people on the roads, I I don't know if it's down there, but geez, I feel like people are driving like maniacs and just getting around like psychos at the moment. We're not allowed on the roads, mate. So stop rubbing it in. You're not even allowed on the road. For what reason would we'll be on would we'll be on the road unless we're going to the grocery store? I guess. Oh, yeah. dude, I didn't know that. You can't even drive your car. Yeah. So, so I'm going to say the, the other option is this is the thing. You say, okay, I'm going to go off the plan that he's putting in place. Well, that's what you're saying. You're agreeing with the plan. Well, for me, I'd say no. I don't agree with the plan. I would say right now, I do not, based on the uh, reading and the little knowledge I have as a simpleton. I yeah. would say no. The plan is wrong. And Russ Monkey's chief simpleton. Yeah. Chief simpleton. The plan's wrong and quarantine the sick, look after the healthcare workers if there's an outbreak and start preparing for mass people going to the hospitals and start uh, moving forward. Yeah. Look. And don't wait for a vaccine. Let's just, um, that. That's a, that's the alternate that I would, my own opinion is and i would be protesting for that i agree with the protests um you know yeah yeah forget all the politics behind like dan andrews or whatever else i think that's the only other option we have right now and i think that is the option that we should be more vocal about if you're upset and concerned well yeah um and if you don't mind them being labeled a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist because that's that's what happens but um yeah, exactly. but I totally agree. We we have to stick with that and discussing those that as an option. Um, I, yeah, I'll tell you one other thing that I'm having trouble reconciling with is that bloody hell, I because you know we we we're serious journalists here at the Brass Monkey Pod, and we we look at both sides of the uh, what is essentially the same coin. We think, but we like to look at both sides, and I've been semi struggling with myself in. Uh, watching various fucking sky news clips of all things <laughs> recently and yeah. finding myself semi agreeing with some of the logic which i just would never thought i could never have fathomed it's have you found that at all well it's because this whole thing that we've discussed in the past and that's a really good point man where i feel like the right seem to have a better logic around all of this it's a logic yeah i don't know if it's yeah, I mean, maybe it is. I think that's or a yeah, what I'm getting at. logic around it. I don't know why. Um, yeah, but I found myself me, agreeing. But the, left, the left seemed to be like, I even had it over here where I was like, I brought up to someone that um, that is well on the left and I was like, oh, do you think it could be because, you know, it's colder and I've just talked about this on the pod, you know, in Victoria and the weather's different. Maybe they have high rates of the flu and, you know, a number of reasons why it's, worse down there and the look and the disgust i got was like and then the question came straight back to me was are you one of these people that think it doesn't exist and blah 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 blah. i'm not saying it doesn't exist i'm saying we need to look at how we're handling it yeah Um, yeah but but the fact that they try to shut you down for even questioning it that's the problem like that is the problem and it's extremely scary 
Yeah. Well, how's this? Um, let's push that a, a step further into this proposed vaccine that everyone's like, if you question that, then you're a real fucking weirdo tinfoil hat wearing fuckwit. That mm. if you've questioned the idea, if you've questioned not, if you've sort of, if you're in the, um, on the side of, no, I'm not getting this vaccine because for one, there's been fuckles research, la la la, all that. Um, up until like two days ago, you were like out there, a crazy. But then lo and behold, the um, Oxford University vaccine that we'd already placed in order for 25 million units has been recalled due to adverse effects on patients. Oh, what do you know? Mm. Did, so like they're crazy wild people, conspiracy theorists, until they're right. So what the... F- Fuck, that just riles me up so much, to be honest. It does. And as a parent, I've never questioned, until recently, I've never really questioned the vaccine thing too much. I've obviously taken it on board and all of that, but I would seriously question, I wouldn't give my kids this coronavirus vaccine. Well, because apparently kids can't get it. And, for one, uh, so why would a kid? One, so why would they'll, I? They'll try and make kids get it. Yeah. Oh, but they're carriers now when they need to get the vaccine, and it's yeah, very. Right. Um, I mean, the whole vaccine situation is very, very murky waters. Everything that's trying to be scrubbed from the internet by factcheck.org. And we've oh. been discussing about these sites before this happened. I don't want to like toot our own horn, but we said they were bullshit like a year ago or whatever else. We said these fact check and Snopes and all that. They're in cahoots with the very media establishments they're checking. Exactly. And now they're all over uh, Instagram and Facebook posts, basically scrubbing Facebook posts because factcheck.org says it's not real. There's videos of these um, vaccines that Bill Gates' company has destroyed and killed many, many thousands of Indians. Like yeah, that using test- it as a testing ground. I've yeah, seen using that. things on a testing ground. And what they do is they use places like India, Africa, um, with large populations and things like that to roll out these, these disgusting vaccines. So... For you to just blindly want to stick something in your arm and blindly want to stick something in your family member's arm and without even knowing about it, I feel like that's worse than being an anti-vaxxer. A lot Dude, worse. Is, I totally agree. That's so fucking lazy. That's so just... I just can't understand why people are so quick to trust a government that does so much wrong and is so corrupt. Exactly. Look at what they're doing right now. They are sending us absolutely insane. It's... um. It's concerning. Yeah. I mean, I think Victoria personally, mate, I think this – so they need to have a minimum of the five cases a day for two weeks. Yeah. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. To like, be honest, yeah, it's going to be hard to get there. I can't – yeah, I don't know how that's going to happen. But all, all you need is a shopping centre or a – not a shopping centre because you're obviously not going to the shopping centre, but all you need is just one little – little slip up. So I I think we're going to be rolling issues with this for a very long time. And then the scary thing is, is, um, you know, already for me to go to New South Wales, uh, back into Queensland after I dropped the children at school is I've got to have this printed out border pass, which has all this information that I've got to give. So like already you're going to need vaccine approval to cross borders and to cross borders, to do your work. The world's changed. I'll move countries before they 
I fucking have a vaccine. Well, where do you vaccine. where do you go? That's another topic. It's like where do you go right now? It's yeah, Russia yeah. maybe. I don't know. Are they Sweden? They're Sweden. approaching it differently. Yeah, but it's it's extremely concerning, isn't it, mate? And yeah, I feel for everyone. That's um. I, yeah, and I'll tell you another thing. Um, one thing that I've noticed interestingly down here is like the division amongst friendship groups just online, like just tapping into various comment threads about, you know, people posting or whatever. It's fucking kicking off between mates. Like, I bet it is. Yeah, like people who think one way or the other, they're just going th- at each other and it's think, called it yeah, causing a real division. I think people would hate me if I still had a online thing. Like, because, yeah, because I wouldn't, I, w- I would, I don't know if I'd comment or it is weird because people are really like, uh, I do personal training, just shout out to my rig of a body. But, um, yeah, so I do like group fitness up here. Just to clarify, you're the student, not the teacher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so last week I'm there and he does everything he can sanitation and all of that for the group fitness that's um and he's got his signs up social distancing and all of that but um last week there was people like filming these oldies that came up and started filming like the session and they were whinging and all of this we're getting the moral police and the it's all online as well but it's all it's also in person you know people feeling like they have the right to go and police their neighbors and things like that it's it's sad and it's fucking concerning eh? It is very concerning. It is, man. And the only one other thing I'd add to it is the last week in Melbourne, um, you can tell the season is changing. The sun is out. Oh, yeah. People won't won't put up with it much longer, I don't think. No, no. Yeah, it's the weather's too good. People are in such a depressive state. They need to get out. I I think, yeah, something's going to go down. I couldn't imagine it, mate. It's it, we're going to keep checking back in, obviously, but this is just to document this this ludic like this ludicrous situation we're in. Yeah, is going to be crazy to look back on because we're being fucked over. Yeah. Poor Dan Andrews. Maybe they've got something on him, but they've just thrown him under the bus. Absolutely. And um, I mean, not to say I agree with him or, or whatever else, but I just mean like the government has just. Put it like, oh, let's play politics at a time when people are allegedly dying and yeah. people are losing their livelihoods. No, let's not band together. Let's throw this guy under the bus. Yay. Let's, let's take the Trump course and fucking... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fuck is a simpleton, Scotty. My God. The thing that gets me is what is the agenda here? And that might be something for another pod, but we have to... It's so we've talked to about the out. agenda. Obviously, you think mass control, but then you think it's just such a large scale... And then, why? Why would the? Why would I guess the? I feel like the left now almost, or Labor is sort of then uh, wants to fuck the economy, sort of a thing. I don't get it. I just don't. and what is the economy? Yeah, the economy isn't real. This is what is even darker when you start thinking about this: the fact that they can just print fake money and yeah. distribute fake money, right? So our economy, what we work for, what we do every single day, all of that what we're like the currency that we use is it's not real so it can be manufactured out of thin air 
So if they're going to try to get rid of that into an online crypto thing and that's what they're moving us all towards and like a universal basic income as a whole, um, is why is that financially beneficial to them? And control, why is control, such control beneficial to them? Like what are they getting out of the control? Um, Like a, a globe of just mindless saps. Because obviously yeah. it's more than money. We've talked about all that, you know, we've gone down the adrenochrome road, we've gone down the everything. Okay, so they're just creating, turning us into these mindless uh, technocratic slaves, slaves right? This, yeah. um, uh, this, this nation, this globe of just people plugged into technology. And yeah oh what's what's the goal i don't know like we're not harvesting anything um, but then we said we we said it, the gold like the anunnaki gold mining theory no what's the goal i'm saying oh <laughs> yeah like what's the goal and then we said a while ago like is it our consciousness like is it our consciousness that they're harvesting so the the dreariness or the hate or the anger is that what they need and if they Maybe, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that fuels some kind of resonant negative frequency across the world sort of a thing or... Exactly. Because if, yeah. if they have a globe... Because obviously money means nothing. Currency is yeah. not worth. All that does is controls our um, well-being in some some way. So possibly it's, it's just got to do with them controlling our consciousness on a large scale. And that does work. And we've talked about that. So that's the only thing I can think of. And they feed off that consciousness and the the way we feel as a mass that somehow they've tapped into that yeah something about the fear or i don't know but um listeners will know we'll keep on the track with that we will get to the bottom of it yeah report it here first anything else you feel like you should add on the melbourne stuff like all the victoria stuff that people aren't hearing or like that would be a good nah not so much that was that was most of it yeah okay yeah but um, we'll definitely come back to that um, on next week's pod and give everyone an update. I wanted to um, wanted to scoot along, if we could, sir, to our next segment on um, the world-famous Australian shark whisperer himself, Mr. Mick Fanning. Um, he's been in the news a little bit lately. Um, a few things have come to your attention, mate, if you'd like to let the listeners know what's up. Yeah, a bit of a weird one. And it's definitely, it's hard to, I've actually been on this freaking, uh, on this uh, COVID thing. I've been watching YouTube. I've started to get into YouTube, which I know the rest of the world is, but I've just started getting into YouTube and I've just like been watching these clips of people calling people out a bit, like calling out scammers, you know, like Dan Bilzerian or whatever else. Yeah. And it's probably got me in this frame of mind. And I don't, and when, when I sent you this and when I first heard this interview, I was pretty heated. Yeah. Um, but I've calmed down a little bit because I realize everyone has a point for doing whatever they do. And um, I've just tried to taper my frustration with this sort of thing. But it is. So, should we, that- are you referring to the um, interview on 60 Minutes? 60 minutes, yeah. So we're let's gonna try th- we'll to, just throw throw to a clip. clip. Yeah, we'll get yeah. um people up to speed. Let's let's hear the clip and then we'll come back. Uh, 
We got to surf against the best surfers in the world on the tour, and now you get to surf with one of the worst. Oh, look at him go. Waves of delight. The excitement of having your first child. It's an incredible um, love and care that you can give to a human. It's wild, it's so, so mind-bending. After years of agony. I just saw Finn. Did you get a couple punches in? I punched him in the back. On a very special 60 Minutes. It's pure mayhem. have got camera crews out the front of your house 24-7. Mick Fanning's secret battle. Just hit rock bottom. I've never felt that empty before. To overcome his crippling demons. They're, they're a powerful creature. Doesn't mean I don't love them. And how the sun's now shining. I just remembered my brothers and I just felt tears coming down my face. On this surface paradise. This is so very, very, very special. It's the fulfillment of his life, really. Sunday after the block on nine and nine. Okay, so that was Mick Fanning's interview on 60 Minutes Australia discussing the tragic death of his brother, the shark attack that he went through, and his subsequent divorce in a few years. And really, really horrible, horrible time for for a guy. Um, And it must have been extremely difficult for him. He talked about depression, which a lot of athletes and a lot of people in the media have talked about, mental health and the importance of mental health. And in that interview, you know, he alluded to the fact that he was struggling and that he spoke to his mates and, uh, you know, he discussed a lot of the things that were happening during this time with his friends to sort of get through it. Um. I hit you up because there is something that bothers me with an athlete and someone in the, the, the media and someone who has a strong sort of public presence like Mick Fanning. Yeah, he's an Australian personality. Yeah. He's an Australian personality. I guess I'm trying to go as easy as possible on this, but it does disgust me in a lot of ways that someone yeah. like Mick Fanning can go on – a platform like 60 Minutes and talk about depression when at the same time that he was going through depression and going through these mental health issues, the guy starts a brewery and he starts an alcohol-based company which is based where he grew up and based to basically market to young men. And alcohol is obviously the leading cause of depression and mental health issues in Australia. Yeah, what the fuck? This wasn't even delved into in this interview and it absolutely repulses me. It's the same as Mick Fanning saying that he's after healthy um, environments and he's got a sponsor and taking money from Red Bull. Yeah. But this is much worse because this guy has basically got paid for his entire life to do nothing, become an influential person to young men around the world for his outstanding surfing, his amazing surfing. And what does he do with that influence when he finishes up um, all of these years getting paid to just travel around the world and fucking surf. He starts He contributes to other people's depression. He contributes to other people's depression. Yeah. Please that's... do not put Mick Fanning on a TV show talking about depression while he's just cashed in. I think he's just sold his um, brewery too um, for millions and millions of dollars. Please do not talk to me about that group of surfers and their uh, contribution to depression and and how, you know, how it's bothering them. Because 
We live in a fucking hypocritical world and people like this are the problem with what the world we're living in because they say one thing and are doing the complete opposite. Yeah, man. That's like the world, isn't it, right now? It is the world and sport. I mean, this is what disgusts me with sport, but sport in a nutshell, like all these fuckers, you know, they might be like, oh, you know, children need to eat healthily and do all this. Oh, Red Bull hat on. Yep. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, KFC is the chief sponsor of cricket. Yeah. Yep, let's, uh, meanwhile, I'm starting a Bolter Brewery on the Gold Coast and I'm going to make sure every young uh, male adult who surfs and sees me knows that if I'm, when I'm drinking beer, I'm drinking Bolter. Like, it's pull bizarre, your fucking head right? in. It's bizarre and, you know, I, I feel for Mick Fanning going through his issues, but probably the best thing for him to do and, and if anyone has dealt with depression is to start sort of slowly building through those things that, you know, are causing your depression and things like that. And I would say contributing to thousands of people's mental health issues by promoting fucking alcohol abuse um, would be something that you could start with. And most people that psychologists or psychiatrists that would be speaking to you would would say, hey, Mick, look, you're profiting off the destruction of young men. Mm. So, Remember the problems you had? How do you feel about that? (laughs) That's what I'm getting at. And I could have gone way deeper on that and way deeper on other things. Go deeper. Go to I don't want to because every time we do go deeper on these sort of things – uh, no, that's what we're here for. We end up yeah. having to delete parts of the uh, podcast, but I, to this point, I can say I've never deleted a part of the podcast. <laughs> we've deleted whole ones. So yeah, we've, we've yeah. <laughs> but um, no, no. So this does frustrate me. And uh, yeah, do you yeah. think it's? A, do you think that's a, like a? It's definitely. Uh, I'm trying to think through it because there's so many other instances I find, like particularly in Australia. One, another one is um the epidemic of gambling and just how the casinos and betting agencies just get a free pass, like in the face of an epidemic. Um, Exactly. And you don't, and you don't want to, and I've definitely had issues with gambling and drinking and all of that sort of stuff, but I don't um, blame anyone at all. I definitely don't blame anyone but myself, you know, for, for, you know, drinking when I was younger and all of that sort of stuff, gambling too much or whatever else. But uh, these things don't help when you see no. people that are getting paid to do nothing. Okay, he gets paid to surf. It's doing nothing. It's living a great life and fucking surfing. And yeah. he pushes his influence into alcohol. And I bet he's probably had some gambling stuff that he's promoted to since he's finished up. I'm sure it wouldn't take long. There's gambling promotions all through the AFL. Uh, in our society right now where we're in a culture where people are getting in trouble for crazy stuff with like me too or whatever else Hmm. we're letting this shit slide yeah we always have yeah we always have because we think it's acceptable and it's interesting what we choose to to be acceptable and what's not uh for some reason we we just think okay this is fine but it's it's not it's not it's complete hypocrisy and you see it across the board and um yeah it's it's really really bothered me because you know um, anyone that's dealt with a friend or a family member that has depression, especially through alcohol, uh, this is this is the problem, is people like this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, just the whole sentiment. I, I listened to this. Yeah, 
I listen to this podcast called Pretend, and it's yeah. about people pretending to be something they're not. And I feel like Mick would slot in really well on that podcast. Yeah, shout, yeah. Shout I, out I, to any other listeners out there. I, I'm sure it's it's like when he when the shark attack happened, right? The first thing he did when he got back to Coolangatta Airport, him and Julian Wilson, is put on their sponsors' hats and have a chat about it. And I just yeah. – and now he's talking about how he's all for the shark rehabilitation and issues with that. I just – I literally saw – what would, there's, they're hunting that shark in fucking Queensland right now. I know. That was tragic. Um, yeah. Green you can't hunt the shark. I don't know how they can find out which one it was, but without yeah. killing quite a few. But yeah, it's concerning. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's a, that's something we wanted to touch on, and yeah. we definitely will do a, a podcast once COVID goes down, uh, goes away, if it ever does, on this sort of stuff. But mm. just wanted to touch on it. Yeah, I've just got sure. kids charging into my house, and uh, that's all right. Well, um, we'll probably wrap it up soon. I just wanted to say also that um. Actually, Mark, guess who I'm having a chat with this afternoon? Who, mate? Who? Who will have to get back on the pod. It might be our first repeat guest. Jeez. Ben from Flux. Oh, brilliant. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I'd love so, um, to know his um, progress with what they're trying to do there. That's for sure, man. Yeah. For, for those who don't know and for the listeners who have listened to that episode, it was um, one of our highest ranking episodes ever. Um, Flux is a... It's a political movement. It's um, the idea is digital democracy. You get to vote by your phone on every bill that comes across Parliament, more or less. There's some nuance in it, but um, to me, it speaks to a great solution to what is a flawed system of politics, flawed by the fallibility of humans and their greed. So um, I think it's definitely worth looking into. We'll probably, I'd love to get them back on the pod maybe next week. Mark, if, uh, if yeah, you're up for man. that. I'm 100% up for them. And what we need is more young Australians like that actually doing something to try yeah. and make make incredible change away from this two-party preferred system, which is what we talk about every every episode. So that's epic, man. Have fun. Totally. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll put the uh, link in description to check out a bit more about Flux. But other than that, mate... I think we'll leave it right there and um, I'm going out to just do everything. Oh, no, that's right. I'm in lockdown. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> oh, mate, too bad. Well, I'm in beautiful Queensland, so I'm just going to run around the streets naked for the afternoon. Yeah, same old, same old. Sounds good, mate. All right, buddy. All right, champ. We'll uh, chat next time. Catch you, mate. Bye. See you.